Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again?, For more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, August the 23rd, 2016. We... uh, just finished our nine-day laws of living yesterday. We have a couple of days off, and then we begin our three-day personal code evaluation training. So Michael and I are actually in town today, and a few announcements that we need to make. Beginning September the 1st, we are going to be on our own channel. We are no longer going to be on Earth Angels radio channel. So the the blog talk decided to do away with those phone numbers. I think they went with a different phone company or something, and so everybody's phone number was changing. And so since that was going to make a big change for us, we decided just to go ahead and break out on our own. So it's going to be www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash radio. And so it's going to actually open up the door for us to do a few other things, like, for instance, podcasting. Um, that wasn't available before unless somebody was willing to take everybody that was on the Earth Angels channel, and so now we'll be able to do that. If you have iTunes, you can podcast it from there. Uh, if and Someone told me yesterday that if there are actually apps for both Androids and iPhones, uh, just do podcasting on them. So that will make it easier. It will automatically send you the episodes as they are created. And so that will be a pretty cool thing that we didn't have before. But our new call-in number starting September 1st, so if you'll mark this down, is going to be 516-418-5786. That's 516-418-5786. That will be our new call-in number starting September 1st. And I'm... preparing to make changes on the website and Facebook and everything else. So the announcements will be out there. I'm also putting the notes about that uh, in the archive notes. So if you go looking for a show. we A couple things we're asking of you all besides changing over to the different numbers so that you still stay with us is that now we have built this uh, statistics, repertoire, whatever you want to call it. On this radio show, we've been here for six years, so we have a good following. We have people that you know, have clicked like or follow or whatever. And so we need you to do that now over on our news station as well. Uh, We haven't found out yet whether we're going to be able to move our archives over, uh, that you will still be able to access them from our website, which is www.whyagain.org. And then you can click on the, the microphone speaker thing that looks like a radio speaker. And it will take you to where all our archives are for the past six years. So it's making a lot of changes for all of us, and we appreciate you moving over there with us and and, uh, helping us build that following over there. So our call-in number for today, anyway, for the next few days is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions because it makes it your show. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. We're honored that you're here. Dr. Jim, welcome back. I hope you had a good day yesterday, whatever was happening. And we're on rock and roll, so I'm going to just uh, invite Dr. Tim to share what is on his mind for today. And there's a gentleman who was going to call in that uh, was going to just be available early in the show, so I told him we would 
answer his questions right away. So, Dr. Tim, how do you be, sir? I hope you had an exciting day yesterday. I'm doing quite well. Yes, I had a nonstop day that went from early morning till late night, and I'm looking forward to making the time to hear the archive of that show. And I'm just, uh, as usual, grateful to have access to these tools and have it as part of my daily work to be sharing it with people. I had um, yet another very dramatic situation yesterday where somebody was in my office and talking about emotional upset and squirming physically and finally announced that she had tremendous back pain and she didn't know if she'd be able to finish the session. And I said, well, all right. Would you like to see if there's an emotional component to that? There's some work I do with energy that helped her tap into the emotional component, and within 10 minutes she was in tears of joy because the back pain, which had gone from the middle of her back down to her low back, down her right thigh, and inflamed her knee and swollen her knee, was now completely gone. And then we spent the rest of the session trying to convince her that this isn't magic, this is just an energy system, and when I hold energy in the system that doesn't belong... This pain, this inflammation is the way the system's designed to give me the feedback to say, you're holding anger, you're holding fear, it doesn't belong in you. Find it, release it, dismantle it, do the forgiveness process, and restore yourself to this healthy, creative energy system that's ready and available to communicate love and extend love in every interaction. So... That was just one of the many busy sessions yesterday, and I'm just highly grateful to have access to these tools and to be around people who choose to pick them up and use them to make their lives better. So that's what I'm doing. I certainly hear you on that point, and I'm with you 100%. It's interesting when people choose to connect with a higher energy what tends to move in them and oftentimes people run away from what will connect them or when they start to get connected all of a sudden there are a thousand stories in the mind why well I can't do that I can't I can't get involved in that I can't go there I can't I can't I can't and the more committed one is the more deeply one connects with a higher level of energy the more that I can't mind comes up and shows us what needs to be processed so Pretty awesome process. So, you know, if you go back into the Aramaic language, the word Satan is not an uppercase word, it's a lowercase word, and it means the resistor, one who misleads. And when we're going to connect to that, which shows us the next layer of work we need to do, the mind goes into resistance, and it's got a thousand stories to keep us away from it. And so, for people, for instance, who commit to an intensive, the intensive begins the minute they make the commitment. Everything starts to move. And it's pretty cool when one gets into a space of willingness and just lets those things move through and drains off the emotionalized traumas that create trauma within the body, for sure. And so, we're here to support every mind, heart, and being on the planet, pardon me, understanding those principles and being able to uh, to engage in the true work of forgiveness, cleaning off, burning off, removing everything that creates drama and trauma, everything that creates pain and turmoil until we are simply conscious creators creating a conscious life. So, awesome. Well, glad you're back, Tim, and uh, let's check and see if our caller's with us. Jeannie? He, I don't see his number. Joel, if you're with us, press 1, and that'll put your hand up. But I scanned down through the numbers, and I don't see him on there yet. Okay. Well, if anybody's got a question for us or a thought, and you're in the phone queue, if you push 1, that will open the space. And the little hand goes up in the uh, control panel through the magic of technology. Here we are. Jeannie's sitting in a restaurant in Branson, Missouri. I'm sitting out in the car, and uh, I don't know where you are, but 
here we are talking to Tim in Chicago and people on all points on the globe having this conversation through a radio station in New York. How cool is that? It's pretty, uh, pretty sweet technology. And then, of course, we have, we just got a count recently of, as we're looking into how we're switching over to a new number, that we're just over 1,400 hours in archives. So lots of information, lots of material. If anybody has the technical knowledge and has worked with Blog Talk, we're going to want to make co- copy all of those old archives over to our new channel. So if anybody has any brain cells for how to do that, we would definitely appreciate the support. And uh, otherwise, we're just rocking along. So if you're in the uh, chat room and you have a question for us and you'd like to do that question verbally, call 646-200-4169. That'll put you in queue, and we'll be having a conversation. That number will change as of Monday. And the new number again, Jeannie, is... No, not Monday, September 1st. Or September 1st, pardon me. Isn't that about next Monday? Wednesday, I believe. Um, I don't have a calendar right in front of me. But we do have a hand up. Actually, September 1st is next Thursday. So we're we're about to... Yeah. Cool. All right. Okay, so our call the caller is nine one zero. You're on the air. Hey, Michael, can you hear me? Well, hey, you're loud and clear. How are you, young lady? How did Laws of Living go? It's going it's rocking. I believe I might be getting uh a little bit close to that three week, four week period where there's a little resistance that seems to appear. Yes. Um, yep. But that, that's always interesting to see what comes up in me. It, anyway, my, my question is, um, last week um, in the Laws of Living, Session 2, uh, I would like to have your explanation. I gave mine, but I want to hear what your, your take is. on um, Question 10 is, perception is the servant of purpose. And we're going to do our purpose statements tonight in our Mind Shifter group. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to expand on that. Well, the idea of that statement in Laws of Living is to recognize that whatever purpose we hold for a situation, perception is going to align with that purpose. Our goals are going to be set in harmony with that purpose. So let's let's take an example. I'm in a conflict with somebody, and the overriding purpose in my mind is to always be the innocent one and find somebody guilty. And so if that's the overriding purpose I hold for every situation where there's a conflict, instead of holding a goal to see the truth, then what happens is my mind will construct a reality You know, this may be a situation where I have just been totally off base, off target, out in left field. I'm the one here who's totally in error and needs to be held accountable for what I said and did. But in that circumstance where it is so clear that 10,000 out of 10,000 people who observe the situation would say, Michael, you are off base. That's your responsibility. You need to take responsibility for that and, and, and apologize. But if I hold the purpose in my mind that I have to find somebody else to blame, my mind is literally going to construct an image that will absolutely show me that this other person is to blame. It's their fault, and I'll have all the documentation to prove that it's their fault. And so I need to be conscious of the purpose that I hold in any given moment for any given situation. And ultimately, I need to be conscious of my life purpose because If I'm not, then I will never get to do anything on purpose. My perceptual system will never guide me to do that. So perception is simply a servant. It simply does what it's told. Oh, you want a distorted picture that tells me that somebody else is the problem here? Okay, I'll give you that. And so when I bring goals into alignment with truth and my goal and my purpose here is to see the truth, then my perceptual system is going to support me and say, oh, it's okay to show you the truth now? Oh, all right, see, you're totally off base. And I'll get to see, oh, my God, I was totally off base. And I get to correct. 
How does that fit with your uh, explanation of it that you gave me? It's pretty, it's ex- almost, almost well, right on. I, it's hard. I'll be honest, Michael, my weeks feel like years, <laughs> even though uh, I know it seems like so much has happened since I gave that um, explanation. But I think I did say your purpose will show you the perception of the world and deliver up the goals and actually through that schematic of how uh, whatever filter set it goes through the goals before it shows you your perception of the world. So it, that's pretty close, and I'll, I'll play this tonight uh, and see what they say. Um, do you have time, or is the other caller on? I had another question. Go for it. He's not go on. For it. Go got for it. Okay, okay, thank you. Um, I had a dream um, last, well, this morning. I woke up at 5, and the dream was very interesting. I've got, I've got to, before I go to sleep at night, I'm asking to cancel all my goals and asking Ruka what I need to learn next. And one of the themes of our class this time has been um, use of will. Um, Seems like almost everyone in the group has some, it's a one, two, three issue. So uh, the dream was this. There was a young lady, uh, a friend of mine was calling me, a male friend, to tell me that a girl had been uh, attacked by two people, two guys, and that um, it was um, she she was dead. Um, but the interesting thing that he said was after the attack, she didn't have the will to get up. And if she, she could have called or got to help, but she was overwhelmed or whatever by the attack and just, didn't get up to call anybody and she made her transition. It was almost like she she just wasn't connected enough to know what to do. And um, when I woke up, I I keep my worksheets with me. I did several on fear and several on sadness um, about the situation. And, I mean, I waited probably a half hour or so before I went back and tried to lay down and go to sleep. And when I went back to go to sleep, the dream continued. And um, it was, we were at the wake. And, um, ooh. And there was we're breathing uh, lots with of you. friends. Thank you. There was lots of uh, people in line. And for some reason, I was at the very beginning of the line. And the little girl that was with me was one of her best friends. And I I remember consoling her. And um, anyway, it looked like there was two men there that had passed at the same time in the same attack. I don't know what it was about. But I know the thought was going through my mind as I was standing in that line was how important the use of will is in every aspect of our life, even in the willingness to do what needs to be done, um, and and so that was the way the dream. I woke up from that, and when I woke up, I had a message from one of my laws of living students saying, "I don't think I'm going to be able to come to the mind shifter group tonight to work on my purpose statement because I'm so sleepy." And she went ahead to justify, and I don't want to drink a cup of coffee because I don't drink coffee without sugar, and sugar is not good for me. Therefore, I'm not coming. <laughs> and um and and I and I text back, well maybe this is an opportunity to do some worksheets on resistance and the thought that at seven o'clock in the morning I know what's gonna be going on at five o'clock in the afternoon. You know, you know, just stay in the moment. Um so I just like if you have any thoughts or feedback around that whole I don't know the message to me I think was use of will is very important that we have our use of will. Because if she had her use of will, she could have called for help. She had access to a phone. Um, so anyway, with that, I will be quiet and listen. Well, my take would be that you're certainly being shown that will is one of the keys to staying alive and being alive, truly being alive. And I would take that um, you're being at the head of the line at the wake would be that, you know, you're attending to a lot of people who are attending their own wake, who are 
already dead and that you've been so committed in learning a new level of understanding what will is and the real Aramaic understanding that you're really impacting that community by teaching and helping people to understand the importance of that and what will really means. And it sounds like you're just, you know, you're head and shoulders above the rest of the population in taking that to people and offering that to people. And that it is life and death, that people with an undeveloped will, uh, their true spiritual lives just wither and die, even though their bodies may be alive. And ultimately, it's going to tend to lead to even a premature physical death. And so that would be my take on the dream. And I acknowledge you, as I have many times, for the way you've just plowed into the work and faced some horrendous stuff and and really utilized your will and, and are learning it on a new level and teaching it to so many people and impacting so many lives. And ultimately, you're going to be responsible for many, many people being alive that otherwise would be the walking dead. Well, thank you, Michael. I appreciate your acknowledgement. And I'm um, every day I think about how grateful I am that you spent as much time as you did working on this uh, translation of the Aramaic forgiveness. It's, um, In my opinion, one of the um, the greatest gifts that we have. Well, I'm in full agreement with you. It is. It's an awesome blessing. I feel so blessed every day that I get to engage and continue in this study and understanding and healing process that is a gift to all, not just to us, but to all of the generations forward and backward. I think it's pretty awesome. And the fact that Yeshua put together the the understanding in a way that we could con- comprehend it and start to bring it to people on a new level is, is pretty awesome. And let's check in with Dr. Tim and see if he has any uh, input on uh, that dream. Well, I'm I'm going to echo the basic theme that, you know, without deviating, that the idea is coming alive to the truth that we're hiding from ourselves and being willing to do that. And, Susan, you know better than most who encounter this work that that presents serious challenges to who I thought I was. And as the ancient texts tell us from many different sources, in order to live a true spiritual life, in order to live in goodness, in relationship to goodness, I have to die to every thought that I'm good or to die to my sense of myself as the one who holds the key to goodness and to realize we're all the same and every fear-based, every competition-based, every comparison-based thought in my mind is false. And when I learn to release those and die to the sense of myself that wants to hold on to that and identify with it, then I have access to true life. Then I have access to the truth. So I would echo Michael's sentiments in this area and, again, congratulate you for being one of the premier people that I've ever run into in terms of your willingness to do your own work and apply the tools actively in your own life. Thank you, Dr. Kim. Um, I have one more thought if the person's not on the line that was going to speak earlier. They're not on? Go ahead. We're with okay. you. Okay. Um, it's, it appears that um, I want to check out this and just see where I'm at with it. The blockage of truth, it seems like I had a, a layer of it, you know, that's been a number one challenge for me. Um, that any time I defend or believe 
my opinion about the actuality that I'm looking at, which is my reality that I'm defending. I'm in blockage of truth. That the truth is, the big key truth is that we're all love, all equal. And anything I see, I'm seeing through my perception. And my perception and my reality is based on my carbon-based memory. Um, So anytime I'm not connected to love and I'm feeling something on the right-hand side of the board less than love, I'm in blockage of truth. So when I start to argue... Okay. Go, go ahead. I was just going to say, anytime I'm, I, I argue or want to defend, you know, the Course in Miracles says um, my defenselessness lies my my innocence, my innocence, or my my safety lies in my defenselessness. Safety, I believe it is. safety, yeah. Yeah, safety. And, you know, most of my worksheets are to be safe. So, um, anyway, that's that's just the... the the gist of the blockage of truth, another layer of it peeling off for me, and I wanted to run it by you to see what you thought. Well, you're right on, and to give you a little bit of history from the Laws of Living uh, perspective in particular, if there's anybody listening to the show that um, did Laws of Living, let's see, more than about 15 years ago, you'll remember that back then we didn't teach blockage of truth. We taught blockage of personal error. That was the the theme if you look at the early versions. And it was about 15 years ago in a Laws of Living class at Heartland that I was shown that it's it's not blockage of, of personal error. The problem is that everybody sees their errors all the time, i.e., if I think you're the problem in my life, I see that error clearly. You're the problem in my life. Where that becomes a, a challenge is when I call that the truth. You know, remember the Harvard research that says in a time frame where 10,000 brain cells fire, the maximum data that shows up on a conscious level is nine bits. So if I fill my mind, my nine-bit mind, with the lie that you're the problem in my life, and then I call that the truth, my lie, the truth. Now my mind is locked into that lie, and I believe it. I am seeing my error very clearly. I'm just calling it the truth. And now there's no room for actual truth to get into the space. And that's why forgiveness is so important, because... When one engages in the wake-up sheet, and I thank you again for this, that name, when one engages in the wake-up sheet, they collapse what occupies the nine-bit mind, they empty it, and that leaves the space for truth to show up. So you look around the world and everybody's going, and you made me mad and you made me sad, and that's not truth. That's all a lie. But what I call my lie, the truth, I'm in trouble because I'm in blockage of truth. And, of course, the antidote to that, we have plugged right in very prominently, right after everybody tells their lie in step one on the wake-up sheet, step two, the words are, I choose to love truth. Love of truth is the antidote to blockage of truth. And until one has love of truth, they'll keep being in their disturbance and blaming somebody else for it, pointing the finger at somebody else. And... That's what locks people into that that lie. So is that rounded out and fill it out a little bit? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. I, cool. I, I want to say one thing. I was gifted with uh, um, two young ladies to work with um, the end of the week last week. It was a 23-year-old the worksheet process and the forgiveness process at such a level. It was just absolutely, I was on joy, let's just say that. And then she uh, went home and talked to her parents. I think I shared that with you earlier. And then her sister, who was a year younger, who's 22, came uh, on Friday. And um, we worked together two and a half hours. And that child got it at such a deep level as well. Um, So I'm just, I mean, I was just thrilled to see that they could hear what I was saying. They understood. 
and they connected the dots of how um, they had held the goal, uh, how they violated the goal they had for somebody else. I mean, the shift in their perception was truly a miracle. So it's just just amazing to me, the gift of uh, of doing this. So I'm continuing on. We'll have Mind Shifters tonight from 5 to 7, and then we'll have our Laws of Living class from 6 to 9. And um, we're on session 3, even though it's our fourth class, but that's okay. Everything's on right on time. So thank you for allowing me the time on the show, and I'm always grateful that um, to hear the radio show. So thank you for your your willingness and your service both to you and Jeannie and Dr. Kim and everyone who shows up every day and holds space of love for what happens. Thank you. Well, fabulous, and thank you for your willingness, <clears throat> the work that you're doing in opening <clears throat> the next level of the work is monumental, and you are appreciated. Thank you very much. Mutual. All right. Have a blessed day. You too. Thank you. Love to everybody. All right. Bless. Okay. Take care. So, Jeannie, do we have anybody else with a hand up or anything happening in the uh, chat room? No, it's all quiet. I'm actually the only one in the chat room, and uh, nobody has a hand up, and I've scanned the numbers again, and I still do not see Joel on there. So. Okay. Well, we'll just let that one go. Okay. So if uh, if Tim and I were in your hometown, Jeannie was there, and we had just presented what we presented. What Tim presented about the impact of the work, the whole idea of block to truth. What would you want to know? What would you want to refine? You know, if we were presenting this in your local library or local university or local church, walk down off the stage, what question would you be coming over to ask me or Tim or Jeannie? And now's the time to ask it. That's what we're here for. And, you know, sometimes people tell me that, well, you know, I I just started, so I don't even know enough to ask the questions. Actually, you're the best person to ask questions because sometimes we can get caught in a level that, leaves some of the very basic keys out of the equation. And so having some of those very basic questions can be most helpful for everyone in order to be reminded of the basics and the keys. So any question you have is a gift to the whole community. I love what Einstein said. If he were given a problem to solve in order to save his life and he only had one hour, he would spend 55 minutes contemplating the question to ask, and then he would solve the problem in five minutes. That's the importance that Einstein laid on the question. I'm in full agreement. So many gifts over the years have come from people who ask questions from arenas that I had never even thought about, never even conceived of. And so your refined questions, your questions that are real for you where you are in your world are a gift for the whole community. And if you've got one, we'd appreciate it if you'd push one. Puts a little hand up in the phone queue. Jeannie will introduce you by your area code, and we are here to support you. 1,000%. We've got 25 minutes, so we've got plenty of time for some good conversation. 646-200-4169 is our calling number. By the way, with our moving to the new channel, we're going to have more flexibility. So if you happen to have contacts with anybody that uh, that has a station where they'd like to have this show playing every day, five days a week, we would appreciate contact with them and your support in opening the door to us being able to uh, provide this material to any station anywhere on the globe. Great. Let's say hello to our caller. It's area code 707. You're on the air. Who do we have? Hi, you got Julie out of Perump. How are you guys doing today? Hey there, young lady. We are awesome. Good. 82 degrees, Um, beautiful day in the Ozarks. It's like this gorgeous fall weather happening already for the last week, so we're (laughs) blessed. 
Well, you're probably I'm just a little warm out there in Pahrump. Pardon no, me? No, we're 83.7 here. You're kidding. 80. Oh, wow, that's no. awesome. I... Um, we're not going to even hit 100 for the next 10 days, so we're on our downhill wow. slide into fall. Yay. Nice, nice. Well, we've been having that for wow. the last week, so it's been pretty cold. Pun intended. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So what's on your mind? How can we support you? Um, going through a lot. Um, I am, i got to breathe here. My 90-year-old aunt is on the way, and um, I just found out yesterday, and she um, was close to 24 hours laying there, not able to do anything, and unconscious in and out. Um, I'm having trouble staying on the good side of the board because I want to grieve and I want to be angry and I just don't know which way to go with it. And I'm trying to stay on the happy and joyful and knowing, um, you know, the wonderful life that she's led and has had. And so I've tried doing a worksheet and it's just not doing any good. Sorry. Perfect. Good question. So here's my and input. I'm, I'm nine hours away, and unfortunately my health won't allow me to even go up there and help my cousin. And, you know, there's a lot of legalities going on. And she hasn't, she hasn't transitioned yet, and we don't know exactly how long it will be, but she will not be going home. We do know that. So the first question I would ask is, how deep a, a, a connection do you have with her? She's my second like mother, if not almost my first. Wow. So she's my if she's sister. in a state, right? So here's my offering. She's the anger mother. and all the stuff you want to do is not yeah. about her. It's not yeah. about her. It's about you. It's about you. That's what you bring to the party. Now, let's imagine that when you think of her party, what she's in, the stage she's in in her life, do you suppose that, especially with your energetic connection, which means that even from 900 miles away, everything that's going on in you is literally transferred to her energetically? Can we hold the phone still or mute it or something? So, do you... Uh, well, I don't know if there's just some noise in the background, so it's going to... It was my fan. I shut it off. Sorry. Okay. Got it. All right. So, do you suppose, with your energetic connection, that she would do better, be more peaceful if she makes her transition, or choose to turn it around and come back fully? Do you suppose she'd have a better chance to hear those things if you're sitting here 900 miles away sending her anger and rage about what's happened and sadness and grief and pain... Or do you suppose that she'd be better off if you handled your anger, grief, and pain, which is about you, and you simply centered yourself in a space of love and were able to hold her in that bubble of light? Which would be the better gift? <laughs> the obvious one, yeah. And Obviously. I understand what you're saying. Um, the obvious one is, to be honest with you, I want her to transition because there, there's no more quality for her. And I just want to remember her and every other good things, but I just still grieving. <laughs> and it's just so and grieve. Yet. Let yourself be with your grief. You know, it's just notice at this point it's your thoughts of loss that bring all this grief up, and that's inside of you. And nobody's saying don't grieve when doing this work. What we are saying is remember we've said several times: become the thinker apart from the thought, the feeler apart from the feelings the actor apart from the actions. And as you do that, observe your mind in its anger. Look at the goal that drives the anger. And the anger isn't about her. It's about what's going on inside of you. Let yourself forgive that. Can you mute that, Jeannie? Let yourself forgive that anger so that you can hold a different space for her. Jeannie, can you mute? Two seconds. Jeannie. Julie's phone. I've got her on mute. Now. Yeah. Can you mute her? Okay, great. Thanks. So if if you can process 
your anger that's coming from your physiologies about you, then you're going to make the possibility of her transition a hundred times easier if that's what she does. And you and I don't know. She could make a total turnaround. She could get up out of the bed and walk home today. We don't know that. Doctors tell us all kinds of things that never happen. So I wouldn't be so sure to buy into that necessarily, and maybe it is time for her to go. But your anger isn't about her going. Your anger is about your goals and what you feel separated from your loss. And as you process through that, you create a different platform or a different space for her. And then as you process your feelings of loss and separation and abandonment perhaps, then in so doing, you get to move through those energetic dynamics and once again hold a better space for her and at the same time heal and clean up your physiology of the energies that don't belong. You know, in the, in the vernacular, there is a, uh, a term in the culture for being angry that has to do with the urinary tract. And, you know, it, it's time to free yourself of that energy that creates challenges. And as you do, you'll open a different space for her. So notice that she's given you an opportunity to process and deal with a lot of aberrant energy from within yourself. And I certainly hold the space that you can get to the point where you can simply be the space of love for her whenever thoughts of loss or abandonment or what have you, and I suspect that perhaps from what you said, just listening to your speech, that perhaps seeing as how she was more of a mom to you perhaps than your mother was, there's maybe some abandonment, there's some loss of nurturing, loss of mother, and all of that surfacing again at the thought that she might be leaving her body. And as you're able to let yourself soften and relax and breathe into that, you know, I wish you had the still point breathing tool. Maybe uh, maybe call Claudia and see if she's got the space to breathe you and just let yourself process through some layers of that on a deep, deep level. And I certainly join you in holding the space of becoming the active presence of love to support her in that process. Does that fit for you, Julie? Michael? Yeah. I'm not muted. Oh, okay. Okay, we've got you. Yeah, it does. Um, And you just said something, and and then I muted, and now it just went out my mind. Oh, golly, gee. Worksheet then well, is just going to be on that frustration and anger that she's leaving me. Um, it's the visualization of laying there unconscious in and out for almost 20 hours or something, you know, by herself. And I knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm angry because my cousin hasn't done anything sooner. And if I was better, mm-hmm. I could be up there and make sure things so, were happening the right so, way. So, Julie, you're not angry yeah. because your cousin didn't do what you think she should do. You're angry because there's anger in your body. Notice how it's Mm -hmm. manifesting in your body. And you need to get rid of that anger. And you need to stop the denial that your anger is about what your cousin does or doesn't do. Because it's not. It's about the content of your cellular structure. And this is your Mm -hmm. opportunity to process through it. You know, maybe your aunt said, you know, I think I'm just going to set myself up so it looks really terrible for Julie so that she can get to process her anger and get free of this. I don't know. Maybe she's done that. Maybe she's given you that gift. But you're not angry about what your cousin has or hasn't done. You're angry because there's anger there. If you were free of anger, you'd be that space of love. And if your cousin were somehow debilitated emotionally, you know, um, in fear or sadness or grief, then you being in the space of active present love would be able to help to process your cousin and that would empower her to do for him to do what needs to be done to support your aunt. But sending anger will only further debilitate her as a care, her or him as a caretaker. Um, I've been sharing all that knowledge with my cousin to make sure she gets it. 
in so that yeah. she can do this to make it easier on herself. The rest of it I've contained within me. And so um, I have been supportive to her, and it's it's um, um, hopefully been beneficial. And also her church is kicking in, and I talked to one of the people there so they know kind of what to do and what to look for because it's a, becoming a situation of where is my aunt going to go and who's going to pay for it. And so I'm trying to step in and show them how to, you know, navigate all of that because I've had to do it before with my own mom which is my aunt's sister. Right. um, I've been supportive in in making sure she has all this information, and um, it's just hard being at this end when I can't help any further up there. So notice that your mind tells you that this layer of sadness that just came up is about you not being able to be up there to help, and I'll offer it's not. It's about the sadness that's in your mind. And as you free yourself of that, you can be in the same circumstance. I can't get there. It's impossible for me to get there. But to this situation, I can bring a mind filled with the active presence of love that is going to open a space of support for my aunt. Mm-hmm. But notice, notice the beliefs of the mind. And, you know, it's the whole programming of the culture. The only reason I'm upset is because that happened. No, the only reason I'm upset is because I have upset in my tissue structure. And I need to stop my denial. Remember our definition of denial, when I think or speak, as though something outside of me is the cause of something inside of me. Then I dissociate from what's going on inside of me, and that which is now going on inside of me is not mine to change. I can't heal it because I can't access it. When I come out of denial and say, you know, when I think about my aunt laying there for 20 hours, not able to do anything, that just brings up such fear and rage in me that I can hardly stand it. Now that you're owning your fear and rage rather than you're in fear and rage because of that, you can get to process that fear and rage out so that you can bring your human life, your active presence of love to your aunt even though she's 900 miles away. There's continuous communication going on. And when you say you delivered that information to your cousin, but if underlying is anger that you've attached to what your cousin is or isn't doing, then that energy is transferred as well, even though you may never say a word about it. So my worksheet for all this, this anger inside of me and everything else is going to be on the fact that I can't be there. That's one of them. But for the the major part of what's in me, I mean, I'm, I'm getting more confused. Well, remember that one of the symptoms of healing is confusion. You know, when I'm bringing, you know, imagine I've got a whiteboard and I shine a red light blue light and a green light on the whiteboard. Now, we know scientifically there's no such thing as red, green, and blue. That's an interpretation of the brain. They're frequencies. That's why some people are called colorblind. Their brain doesn't interpret the red frequency the same way as someone else's brain does. So each of those are wave shapes. Now, if I took the red light and I moved it over and shone it on top of the blue light, Then I took the green light and shot it on top of the blue and red. Would I see clearly either red, blue, or green? If they were all shining in one spot. The combination. But I wouldn't see clearly red, blue, or green, right? No, I don't think so. What would I see? I see what happens is those frequencies, those energetic patterns are additive and subtractive. And I'd see a confused mix of the three of them. I wouldn't have clarity on any one. When I'm in a situation in my life where hostility or fear is resonated, and I'm working to pour love into my mind, when love meets hostility and fear, it's the same as the light energetic patterns that are additive and subtractive, and what I get is a confused picture. I don't get clarity on any of it, and that is uh-huh. a verifiable stage in the healing process. So 
let go of the resistance to confusion. Let yourself, okay, so I'm processing something, and I'm working to pour love in on top of it. And when love meets fear, they they become mixed. They become confused. And that becomes the state of the mind. And that's just part of the process of healing. Mm -hmm. So remember the state of worship. I'm willing to go through the physical, mental, and emotional processes of healing. And so confusion is one of the one of the steps in that process. Okay. And so let yourself breathe and soften. Again, I wish you had the still point breathing tool. She's gonna but do it on Thursday. Body. Oh awesome. Yeah, that's Very what I was cool. trying to tell you and I keep hearing mute, unmute, mute, unmute. I don't know what's going on there. Um ah, and I feel okay. like I'm muted from you part of the time. Um, oh, Claudia's coming out on Thursday. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, you're going to mm-hmm. just love that. I'm going to look forward to hearing the report from your still point session. You got somebody it's calling in on Friday. Off. It'll knock your okay. socks off. It's awesome. Okay. I'm well, so, looking forward to it. <clears throat> so we're here holding the space for you, for your aunt, and for your cousin coming to clarity about the best way to handle her situation and if she chooses to transition that she transitions gently and easily and is able to turn and go directly to the light and get on with the next stage of her eternal life and that your cousin is able to process whatever grief or pain she may have and that you're able to do the same so that you too can hold that space for your aunt yeah, she's a pretty remarkable lady, and she's yeah. very much with the spirit. So, um, yeah, there, there, I, it, I have a lot of good memories. It's just going through this grieving. And yeah, I understand. But let yourself breathe and be with that grieving. Be with everything about loss and abandonment. And, you know, there might, again, I get the sense there might be some worksheets in there about mom. That will benefit you. Probably. I'm writing these down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fabulous. Thank you. So I breathe with you. I breathe with you. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deep, connected breaths. Just let that energy flow. Anything else we can do to support you today? No, that's good. Thank you very much. I'm going to start working on the sheets right now. Awesome. Well, we'll be holding the space. Okay, thanks, you guys. Have a great one. Okay. Blessings, Julian. We hold your hand in our hearts. All right, Jeannie. Anybody with a... uh, I'm still the only one in the chat room. That's kind of strange. And uh, there's nobody with hands up. So if somebody... We've got six minutes, so we've got time for a question. So if you're in the chat room and you have a question or a comment, press 1. And that puts you right up at the top. Oh, we have a hand went up. And I think this might Great. be Roma 808. It. You're on the air. Hi. Yeah. Hey there, young lady. Oh. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, listening to the last conversation with Julie, I, I was very aware that for me, whenever I'm feeling a lot of anger, um, over the course of time I've learned to peel it away to see what's under it and there's always a whole new dimension of pain that is so painful I don't want to feel it and that's the that's uh, that's something I've learned about my own anger and uh, yeah I uh, I sense uh, also that uh, I mean Julie you didn't talk about your mom much but gosh darn yeah I don't know I guess I don't really have anything to say it's just that um, I support you Julie um, in getting through this and and getting into your own heart that's awesome and you know you do make a point there that 
anger is literally an internally produced anesthetic. It's a drug that we tend to become addicted to. And it is one of the tougher drugs. It's actually the granddaddy of all the drugs. You perhaps have heard me talk before about the movie Thank You for Sharing, which is all about addiction and several different kinds of addiction, very powerfully done. But in each case where you see somebody getting ready to fall off the wagon and go into their particular addiction, whether it's drugs or sex or food or whatever it is, each time what precedes their falling off the wagon is hostility. And when that hostility isn't enough to cover our pain, that's when people turn to other drugs. So definitely when we become abstainers from hostility, the same way as the alcoholic abstains from alcohol, there's the opportunity to peel out and heal the next layer of whatever's hiding underneath it, whatever it's being used to anesthetize. So thanks for that reminder. Hope things are awesome in Hawaii, and we'll look forward to the next time we get to see you face-to-face. What, what's the name of the movie again that you were talking about? Thank you for sharing. Oh, you can buy it for, I think, $6 on Amazon. And it's a, just a fabulous movie. Thank you for sharing. It is just, I mean, there's some heavy-duty stuff in it, but it's right up there at the top with giving people an opportunity to breathe and really seeing how addiction works. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm on and off in a new relationship, and all of a sudden now it's on again because this person, rather than talk about anything, just chose to just disconnect completely with no with no words at all and that uh, that was actually in a way it was good for me um i uh i made a breakthrough a really major did some major work last week on uh, it turns out it was on babies uh, if you'll recall i told you i had a problem with the word newborn because i had a problem uh, with a bunch of with myself in two lifetimes as a baby and then another lifetime as um, uh, an adult who adopted a baby at the side of a road. And anyway, it's a long story, but major healing took place last week, and it was interesting that abandonment issues disappeared when I got the, when I processed out all of the issues with babies, so... So um, I've been feeling, yeah, it's very helpful, especially being in uh, something of a relationship with with someone who appears and then disappears and then appears again. And and I said, well, why? I I said, why? And the answer was, well, you speak in a way that is going to cause trouble for you. And you know, my my thought when I read those words is, well, yeah, (laughs) most people do. And uh, and uh, when I hear when when someone finds something wrong with me, um, I have a tendency to just um, stop there and uh, yeah, acknowledge yeah I'm not perfect, and uh, <laughs> I'm forgetting now what I even wanted to say about this. Yeah, I. I somehow buy into being that it's my that it's my problem that's that caused the disconnect. Like he said, I disconnected because you have a problem. And <laughs> yeah, and remember that's yeah. our classic definition of denial. Say that again. I say that's our classic definition of denial. Yeah, we projected out on the other person. Because of what's going on for you, with you, that's total yeah, denial. Right. Yeah, and for what you're doing right maybe away. is trigger, yeah. but he's disconnecting because of what that trigger brings up in him. It's not well, not because of you. Don't buy it. See, that was actually the question I asked him. Was I said, what is it that triggered you to cut off? Yeah, and then he. Uh, his answer was... And what triggered well, him to cut off was yeah. when he saw you in a way, speaking in a way that he has experienced has caused him pain, his pain came up at such a level that he couldn't handle it and he had to disconnect. 
wasn't because no. of what you were doing. That's no, he described, it as, and he described it as it's easier for, to disconnect. <laughs> we're down to the last 10 seconds. Going to have to cut yeah. the show off and say have the best year yet of your eternal life. Blessings. Oh, okay. Bye-bye. Okay, blessings. I choose to live more consciously, evolving continuously. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice, as we present the Internal Aramaic Process of Forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael, myself, or Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org.